the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, The Rock Place, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Welcome into another edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Chris Yao, joined by, as always, by Mo Patton, J.P. Plant, straight ahead on the boards. It is a, another great week here in Southern Middle Tennessee as we prepare for high school football playoffs, high school basketball season just around the corner, getting ready to fire up next week. And, of course, tomorrow the TWSAA will talk about reclassification and regions and whatnots, and we've got a lot of speculation this morning. Before we get into that, however, we welcome in Mo. Good morning. How's it going? It's going all right for Wednesday, I think. Hey, we're halfway there. We are. We are. We're, well, we're an hour away from halfway there. <laughs> Officially, yeah. It's going pretty well. It's a little gray outside, but, you know, could be worse. Welcome back, guys, from the lovely city of Winchester. Man. The Winchester livery. Yeah. Not an easy place to get to, by the way. Winchester or the livery? The livery Either fine once no. you get there. <laughs> now, once you get to Winchester, the livery was not a problem. No, it was Winchester that it's, it's a drive. Yeah, there's no direct route from... Uh, Anywhere. Nor- north of 43 or south of 24 to get to Winchester. Fortunately, we kind of um, we took the long way. We, we kind of took the scenic route. And, Sometimes that's a good thing. Yeah. We, uh, we, we liked Petersburg so much that we drove around it twice. Oh. <laughs> well, that didn't take very long. Exactly. It did not take Exactly. <laughs> You're exactly right. It did not take very long at all. Oh, man. It was, it was fun being out at 8 AAA media day yesterday for basketball and thanks to our friends over at wcdt will rab and the crew for putting that together and got a chance to talk to a couple of coaches on the air yesterday if you missed that um we will definitely have it on the podcast and you can check it out there we will have some audio today from uh, some of those coaches uh, most notably nick campbell of columbia central we will try to get him um, his comments from the podium, which we did not hear on the air yesterday. We will try to get those to you, but I like to speculate. I like to try and come up with some common sense themes. <laughs> and Especially we, in situations where common sense seems to be otherwise lacking. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. We talked about this yesterday, and we will certainly talk about the class 4A region with Franklin and Brentwood or Franklin It'd be Brentwood. region 6 4A basically. Yeah, we'll yeah. definitely talk about that, but there's there are all, a lot of other regions that we should probably also get to. 
um, just because I think it's you know it's it's important to do so. Um, so let's 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 kind of go over that and and what I guess Mo, give me an idea of the process here. We we've gotten to a point where we've counted the kids. We now know who's wanting to play up in classification. Mm -hmm. Where are we at now? Going back to the TWSAA executive director prior to Bernard Childress, who, you know, contrary to popular belief at this point, has not been there forever. Ronnie Carter um, was the executive director when I first started covering high school sports pretty, pretty heavily in this area. And... The process he referred to was dots on the map because literally that's what they would do once they dis determined who was going to be in each classification. And you can even go to the TWSAA website at TWSAA.org and you can get a picture of who's where in each classification. But they would take colored thumbtacks and actually place them on a state of Tennessee map you know, depending on what classification you were. And then they would try to group the teams, the schools, by region, by district. Geographically. Going, geographically, going by those dots on the map. And and for the most part, that's that's still the concept of where you're at. You're, you're looking at who's where and trying to figure out you know, what grouping works best for each district, for each region, um, taking into consideration, you know, travel, um, routes from point A to point B. You know, Bradley Lam uh, Brad Lambert, the, um, I guess, the IT guy for the TSSAA, he does some magnificent work as far as calculating travel and just looking at points on the map and how quickly you can get from one place to another and different things like that to try to add some some insight to those groupings but again it's it's just figuring out who's going to be in each classification what grouping works best for a district or for a region and then and the state office will come up with those and they have their proposals for the 21-22 and 22-23 classification period for for all the sports on the website. Again, it's TWSAA.org, and you can look at those. Upon looking at those proposed regions and districts, you know, folks will then come up with what they like, what they don't like, that kind of thing. They will try to communicate that to their board of control representative ahead of tomorrow's meeting, which starts at nine o'clock at Siegel. And that will not be a virtual meeting. That will be an in-person meeting. And so if you had hoped to maybe listen to the back and forth on that, you won't be able to. Yeah. It's in person. You'll you need have to, be, to there. be there. And much as we would love to be there, Two remotes in one week is a little much. <laughs> so, um, but I think it's going to be some quite lively conversation, and and I, I mean it's a it's important stuff. Obviously, you're looking at where folks are going to play for the next two years. I think it was a really 
sharp move to go with a two-year classification period this time around with, you know, the COVID situation and everything that's going on right now. But um, this is, as always, this will be one of the more interesting, you know, Board of Control meetings that takes place, and it doesn't take place every year. Usually doesn't take place but once every four years. So they will redistrict. When they have a four-year classification period, they will reevaluate in two years. If someone's enrollment has gone up or gone down 20%, I think is the number, then they have the um, the opportunity to appeal to be reclassified for that next period. But, you know, with the two-year period this time, this will be for the next two years, and then we'll be going through this again in November of 22. That's right. And and so just real quick, looking over some of the local areas stuff uh, for basketball, baseball, softball uh, in um, class one, a it gets really weird because um, Collinwood, Cullioca, Hampshire, Ridgeland, Santa Fe and Wayne County are in district 10. Now, that's a much smaller district than it currently is. Is that right? It's not smaller, but it's different because... Collinwood is not in there now, right? Collinwood and Wayne County right. are currently not in 10A. They're both two. No, they're, they're, they're Class A. Yeah, they're Class A, but they're not in 10. They're right. in 12 right now with, um, with Loretto and Summertown. And um, I'm not sure who else is over there, but they are in 12A right now. They will be in 10 Mount Pleasant, which has been in ten, will be in ten double A next year. So right. that's um that's a little different. With Giles County, Lewis County, Loretto and Summer. And Summer. That's gonna be a really fun district. Once you get where you're going. I mean in reality though, Mount Pleasant, Loretto, Summertown, that they're not that far apart. Now Lewis County and Giles County are a mm-hmm. you know, they're they're not close fun to get to. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, those make a lot of sense. Of course, when you're in those smaller classifications, it's it's kind of hard not to make sense. It's when you get into the the bigger cities where there are too many teams to put into one district. Right. That's when it gets wild. And I, we've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, looking, as we talked yesterday at the District 8 AAA Media Day for basketball, uh, that district is being split into three different districts going forward because um, three of your seven teams in that district are going to remain in AAA and four will be moving up to 4A. So some of the some of the split was pretty unavoidable. And then, again, when you start looking at the dots on the map, it didn't really make sense for Columbia Central to remain with you know, the other teams that will be in 4A for next year. So, um, Lawrence County, Lincoln County, and Tullahoma will be in District 8-3A along with Marshall County, Murfreesboro Central, Page, and Spring Hill. And that'll be for baseball, softball, and boys and girls basketball. Uh, Columbia Central, again, as we talked yesterday, will be in 12-4A with South Williamson County Schools, Independence and Summit, and East Williamson County Schools. 
Nolansville, and Ravenwood. Uh, they will be part of Region 6-4A along with Brentwood, Centennial, Franklin, Hillsborough, and Overton, the latter two from Metro Nashville. Now, again, as, as I said on yesterday's show, anybody that's familiar with Williamson County could tell you how little sense that configuration makes because why you would split Brentwood and Ravenwood up in a district is beyond me. Um, and I think that'll be pointed out. I, I think this is the surest thing that will come out of tomorrow's meeting is that Centennial and Franklin and Nolansville and Ravenwood will be flip-flopped in that, cons- in, in that configuration. And one of I, the, I'd put money on that. Yeah. And I can do that now because gambling is legal in Tennessee. That's right. Yeah. Um, w- one other district I want to look at is Region 3, District 5, and District 6. District 5 is a seven-team district. District 6 is a four-team district. But I don't really know any way around that because There's District not. 5 is pretty Chattanooga-centric. Right. And District 6 is your other three teams out of the out of the current District 8 AAA, Coffee County, Franklin County, and Shelbyville, along with Warren County, which it which right now I believe is playing with the Murfreesboro schools. I'm not sure where they are for basketball. I know they are for football, but I'm not sure where they are for basketball. But really, you know, I think the TWSAA would like to stay away from four team districts, particularly for basketball purposes, whenever they're able to, but I'm not sure that that that's avoidable. We didn't mention um, we did mention Columbia Central. Um, so yeah, that's that covers all of these current eight AAA programs for basketball, baseball, and softball. But yeah, that that District Six, as it's currently configured, is is a little awkward. But again, I'm not I'm not sure what you can do about it. That's right. Not much difference for CA as they stay with Battleground, Franklin Road, Grace Christian, MT, uh, Middle Tennessee Christian, though, and uh, and then, of course, Zion. They would be in there as well. Now, for basketball, not much has changed. For football, however, it gets crazy. It has changed because Division 2A has played a east-west configuration. For the next two years, there will be a middle region which brings ca out of the west it kind of cuts down on their travel and it it also also takes down a lot of their wins (laughs) yeah um but they have um they will have fewer regional games and so they'll have more opportunity to schedule non-region games which can be a blessing or a curse depending on what football coach you're talking to sometimes it's easier to schedule those non-region games sometimes it's not as easy so you know sometimes you like being in a big region yeah but i would think that the flexibility that you lose particularly in ca's case where they had eight region games they only had two non-region games over this past um classification period so it'll be interesting to see who who shows up on their schedule besides their region games I'll be interested to see it as well. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. It is 24 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Spring Hill High School baseball coach Paul Lamb. 
We'll talk a lot about this reclassification and his new uh, district. He will be... Uh, I'll, I'll be interested to hear what he has to say on this. I really will. All right. We'll come right back and talk to Paul Lamb on the other side of the break on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yow, along with Mo Patton, JP Plant. 28 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock here. Talking about TSSAA reclassification. And it is a unique year. If you are not aware, the TSSAA did approve going to four classifications in some other sports, baseball, basketball, softball, etc. Um, that's something that we, matter of fact, it, you know, when we were at AAA Media Day yesterday, I believe it was the Tullahoma boys coach who mentioned that they, they were trying to get five classes across the board, take the 6A away from, from Foot, football. football and going up to five in the other sports, and I just don't know that that makes any sense. But hey, who am I? What do I know? Um, he, he's got a lot more clout than I do, so <laughs> I'll 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 uh, let him make that argument. Uh, to talk a little bit about the new classification, we are joined on Coach's Corner, which is brought to you each and every week by our friends at From the Heart Cafe out in Chapel Hill. Make sure to go see those folks. They are making the best burgers out in that area, no doubt. Perhaps the best in the uh, in southern middle area. in the southern middle Tennessee area. That's that. That was one of the best burgers I've ever had. Um, make sure to tell them that, of course, the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you, or just tell her Mo sent you because <laughs> that that will probably make more sense to her. Well, yeah. Um, Renee, Renee Hart and I go way back, and um, happy to see her having some success with her new venture over there. So, yeah. All right, and joining us on Coach's Corner is Spring Hill High School baseball coach Paul M. Coach, thanks for joining us. Guys, thanks so much for having me out. Coach, um, as Chris said, four classifications for – basketball, baseball, and softball, beginning with the next school year. And in that setup, Spring Hill will be in District 8 AAA, along with Lawrence County, Lincoln County, Marshall County, 
Murfreesboro Central, Page, <coughs> and Tullahoma. That's a proposal by the state office that will be either confirmed or denied, I guess, by the Board of Control during tomorrow's meeting over at Siegel. What are your feelings regarding that proposal? Do you see anything changing as far as that goes, or do you see anything that you would like to change, or just um, what are your thoughts generally? Well, first off, I think this is something that most coaches, both from at least the, the baseball and basketball standpoint, have been we, – we've been trying to get everyone on board with for the last, you know, four to five years at least. Um, you know, I've had the privilege of, of being on the TBCA regional directors um, for the last few years, and I know we have been pushing for that, and our, our president, Pat Swallows, the director of the TBCA, he has been working closely in conjunction with the Basketball Association. And, you know, I do know on the basketball end, there were a few people that I heard you guys saying, you know, we're wanting the five classes across the board. I, I do know that football coaches were pretty adamantly vocal about not wanting that, and understandably so. And I think you've got so many people on both sides of the fence here where you've got the one crowd that's going to say, well, let's just have 10 associations and let everyone play for a state title. And then you had the others that, you know, were wanting to keep it at three. Um, I think four was a really good middle ground. Um, You know, we've got bordering states that have less. We have bordering states more so that have more classifications than that. So I think it was a good compromise. It's honestly something that I really wasn't sure if ever was going to happen, but I think it gained some some legs this year. And, you know, we finally finally were able to see it come to uh, fruition. As far as anything changing, I, I really don't think much is going to change. You may have You may have some that will want to move up to 4A. I know there's been quite a few that have already asked to be moved up to 4A because they 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 think with growth they're going to be there in two years anyway. And I think that's what a lot of people are forgetting that this is only going to be here for two years, at least as it sits today, tomorrow. And then they're going to look at it again. Um, you know, it was a crazy year just with everything that's gone on. So, you know, some of the numbers may, may, may have been off, you know, and they may think that it will change in two years. But, you know, <clears throat> I think for right now, I think you're not going to see too much change go on with the Board of Control meeting tomorrow, with the exception of maybe a district, you know, changing from one school to the next. Maybe that's it. With that said, Paul, um, what is your impression of, Eight AAA specifically as it sits for for baseball. You know, we we have always been blessed to be in really good baseball districts. Even when we were two A, you know, it, it was a battle every single night. You know, with with us and the old district was us, CPA, Pays, Giles, you know, others there, and it was it was just a dogfight every single every single week. So when we got to um, 3A and we went to what's basically known as the Wilco district. I mean, it's incredible baseball every single night, you know, day in, day out. It's just awesome baseball. 
And with our new district and, you know, just about all of us know each other in what will be the new AAA with, with, you know, ourselves, Marshall County, Page, Lincoln County, Tullahoma, Lawrence County, and Murfreesboro Central Magnet. I mean, you're talking about all traditionally good baseball schools there again. So, and, and the thing is, we are what will be considered a large district as far as 3A baseball goes because now that they've got four classifications, most of your districts are five schools, and we're going to have a seven-school district. So, you know, it's it's going to be good. It's going to be tough, and I think it's going to be a lot of good quality baseball. You took the word right out of my mouth, Paul, looking at this district tradition. I mean, you're talking about Marshall County that – is has won state championships over there. Murfreesboro Central has been one of the top schools in baseball in Class AA over the last maybe five to eight years. Obviously, you guys won a state championship. Page has been right in that mix in districts alongside you. Like you said, Tullahoma has won state championships, and they've got that great facility down there. Just um, a lot of tradition in that new yeah. district. Yeah, so, I mean, we, you know, we're excited about it. We think it's going to be fun. You know, when all this was going on, everybody was like, well, don't you want to get out of the away from Wilco? Don't you want to be so? I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we put, we play against whoever they put in front of us and tell us to. And I think that's the way a lot of coaches are. They know that, you know, the numbers game is kind of out of your control. And, you know, I think a lot of coaches, you know, obviously, some are more happy than others, but, you know, at the end of the day, you just have to play who they put in front of. Talking with Paul Lamb, Spring Hill High School baseball coach on Coach's Corner here. Every Wednesday we talk to a local coach, and it's brought to you by From the Heart Cafe, located at 4384 Nashville Highway in Chapel Hill. Coach, when – when you th- go back and and you think of the history of Spring Hill baseball and like you know like we've talked about the tradition of everyone, what is what is your impression of this year's team and how you how how you guys transition and get ready to prepare for next year and and playing a different district? Are you guys going to schedule some of those teams if you aren't already playing them? You know, and unfortunately, it, and it's gotten so crazy. I can remember when I first started my career back in the fall of 06, when I took over the job, the schedule was not done, and I wasn't behind. I was still scheduling games <laughs> in August and September. Now, I mean, you're done with your schedule before the ongoing season is even over. So we will play a couple of the teams, um, myself and Brad White. We've known each other for a long time. We were rivals in high school when I was at Loretta and he was at Lawrence County. We played against each other in JUCO. And so we've known each other for a while. So Brad is already on my schedule. We typically play Marshall County in the Jim Painter Classic. Um, You know, so we're going to see some of these guys and know some things about them. And we talk with, you know, Brian Morris has gotten the job at Tullahoma and Travis Tate, who I played against, you know, as well at Lincoln County. So I know a lot of these guys, but you can't get them on the schedule usually because of the way things fall with how you have to do your scheduling. As far as us, 
you know, we're a very senior-heavy team this year. Um, you know, I do think we were poised to have a heck of a year, you know, this past spring, and and we look to have the same type of year this year. And obviously, you know, in our district, it's such a meat grinder. You never know how things are going to play out. But we do feel confident with having such a senior-led team where a lot of these guys were thrown into the fire, so to speak, as freshmen when we came into 11 AAA. And that's a lot for a freshman to take on, but it has made these guys pretty battle-tested going into their senior years. You know, Paul, obviously you're not a member of the football coaching staff at Spring Hill, but I know you are a football fan. Um, yes, sir. What are your thoughts about 6-5A that includes the Raiders and and Columbia Central along with Franklin County, Lincoln County, Nolensville, and Page? You know, Coach Martin and myself, when all this came out, you know, we we talked about it a little bit. And, you know, it, it's not that it was any better or any worse for them from a standpoint of scheduling. I mean, you know, especially from a, a Columbia Central standpoint with them, I mean, it's already a huge rival game. It's already a huge gate. It's a big community event. And now – you throw in that clout of this game means even more mm-hmm. than just bragging rights. You know, I think that just adds to the fire of that particular game. So, you know, would I love to see it eventually get to the point where whoever your district region opponents are in, in football and mm-hmm. baseball are all the same basketball, that would be really cool. Unfortunately, you know, sometimes logistically, it just does not make sense. You know, it would be awesome. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I, for them to get those guys in the same region now, I think I think it's really cool. And I think you're going to see a whole lot of fireworks out of that game, even more so than what we've seen in the past. As you look at the district that you all are in for basketball, baseball, and softball, and the region that you're in for football, you do see – Lincoln County and Page, you know, in both of those. And uh-huh. that kind of offers you guys the opportunity to maybe build some sports-wide rivalries with those two, I would think. Yeah, exactly. You know, obviously we have a long history with Page High School, and it's it's been a battle with those guys every single time we've ever played them, whether it's been during the regular season or the postseason. You know, 20 minutes up the road, it's it's always been great battles with them. Franklin County, you know, we we personally, from a baseball standpoint, we have not played against Franklin County, I don't think, since like the summer of 07, 08. Oh, wow. um, we just haven't ran into them any during the high school year, even in tournament play. So, you know, we're excited. Every time, you know, something new changes, you know, something like that comes along and all the great storied facilities like the one that you talked about with Tullahoma. I mean, those stadiums, Tomahawk Stadium, places like that. I mean, that's just – it's cool places to go go and play. So, we're excited about that. We are excited about it as well, I can tell you. We, we have been doing all kinds of speculation this morning, Coach, and we appreciate your insight and input and uh, for joining us here on uh, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Appreciate the job that you guys are doing with all of our local coverage and everything. I know everybody in our area appreciates it so much, and thank you guys for having me on this morning. 
No problem. That's Coach Paul Lamb of Spring Hill High School brought to you each week on Coach's Corner by From the Heart Cafe. Again, located out on Nashville Highway in Chapel Hill. So make sure to go visit Renee and the gang over there. Grab you a book while you're there because she's it's a bookstore too. It's pretty cool. It is. Uh, it's a it's a nice little concept there. You can get you a get you a great meal and and you can um, peruse the bookshelves as well. Maybe Reed to, reads and eats. That's it. Reads and eats. Not to be confused with DB's beats, beats and eats, and eats. <laughs> or eats and beats. Uh, so yeah, now really excited to see how that district turns out. District eight, triple A baseball basketball even uh that's a that's a really interesting basketball region so i'm i'm really excited for next year i mean obviously excited for this year too but yeah. it's always fun when you're talking about something new you know you, you it's a it's a little bit it's like christmas morning when you get out there and you're like all right we're we're gonna, we're gonna go play murfreesboro central magnet now yeah it's <laughs> so yeah. random but Some, something different i mean i think i think the different is gonna you know kind of rejuvenate a lot of folks and a lot of programs and that kind of thing and and you know f- for spring hill baseball in particular as he said the different is gonna really be different instead of going up against the brentwoods and the ravenwoods and the summits every night out you know and that you know doesn't necessarily make it easier it's just different yep exactly all right when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about some of these reclassifications but also we will hear from nick campbell and what he said on the podium yesterday at AAA basketball media day uh also tell you about if your favorite team makes it to cookville what you can expect uh from covid protocols there as kind of important especially around here as we have a couple of teams that uh, have the possibility to get there at least two well no 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 two yeah two two teams have the two teams have the possibility we'll decide which two friday night that's right all right we'll be right back on southern middle tennessee sports today presented by mid-tennessee bone and joint If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'll tell you, it's uh, it's been a fun morning speculating. Tomorrow, though, 
we will know for sure. Just as a reminder. Yeah, tomorrow the um, TWSAA Board of Control meeting starts at 9 o'clock over at Siegel in Murfreesboro. It's an open meeting. Um, there will be no virtual access, which is unfortunate for us. But, you know, it is what it is. We will try to keep tabs on that meeting as best we can. And we will definitely know by the time we get to Friday's show what these districts and regions will look like for the 21-22 and 22-23 school years and um, it, it's going to be some regardless there are going to be some schools and some programs and some new places as we have previously mentioned I'm really kind of fascinated by that new that newly proposed 10 AA that has Giles County, Lewis County, Loretto, Mount Pleasant and Summertown for um, for basketball, baseball and softball um that's probably the most fascinating configuration that I see out of this proposed bunch. I tell you, um, 4-3A in football really jumps out at you, though. Um, Giles County is going to be getting those frequent flyer miles going to um, Community, Cannon County, Grundy County, and Sequatchie County. And I think they'll cross the time zone line for – Grundy and Sequatchie so that's those are going to be some interesting trips for the Bobcats in football that's that's wild man you go from from metro to to this (laughs) yeah it's like I don't even know what to tell you I mean you go from playing Pearl Cone East Nashville Stratford White's Creek and I'm leaving somebody out in that. But um, that was a six-team region, and Giles County was the only non-Metro Nashville team in that configuration to, you know, to go into Woodbury and, and Dunlap and they really that got, way. They really got kind of – and I'm not sure how this happened specifically because tons of five-team regions in 3A. Mm-hmm. Region 1 – Region three, that region four, region five, uh, you know that's those are five team regions, and again, four teams go to the playoffs, which we know where we stand on that. <laughs> but you know, there's not really much you could do. Giles County just kind of Giles County or Community, one of the two, kind of got left out in the cold from region five, East Nashville, Jackson County, Maplewood, Smith County, and Stratford, where. You know, they just they had to go that way. There was yeah. no other option. The good thing for Giles County is of the teams in that region, I would say clearly they have the most football tradition of any of that bunch and should be a one seed coming most out of, of that the region. Time. The majority, the large majority, at of least the, the time. next two years. <laughs> yeah, which may be all they're concerned with. I mean, because as as Coach Lamb was saying, this could all change in two years. That's right. Um, I do want to go ahead and r- let you guys know uh, about. We received an email. I guess it was. I'm not sure when it was specifically, um, but the. Obviously, we all know about 
Cookville and coronavirus and all of that good noise. Uh, it's it's going to be a much different experience at um, the Blue Cross Bowl this year. And Molly Brown, who is the executive director of the uh, Visitors Bureau in Cookville, sent out an email. Here is what you can expect um, if your team makes it or if you decide to go. One, masks will be required for everyone throughout the event, unless you're socially distanced while seated in the stadium. So, you know, sit far enough away, you can take your mask off, no issues. And I, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, masks will be provided for event volunteers and staff. Face shields and gloves will be added. Um, temperature checks, of course. Online ticket sales to manage capacity and will reduce cash handling. By the way, the capacity of the stadium will be one-third. I don't know that we ever get much higher than that anyway, but it's potential. You know, they, they will not let more than one-third of the stadium get in. Um, after each game, the stadium will be cleared. And that's going to be interesting. Because, I, I mean, like, I know, like, when I would go to Super 6 or whatever in Alabama, like, I wanted to go for all the games. Mm-hmm. That's why I was there, to see all three of them. So I'm curious if you would have to buy another ticket to get in or... Surely not. I mean, surely they'll stamp you when you come in so that all you have to do is show a stamp or they will give you a ticket and tear it and let you keep the other half or something. Surely you don't have to... But only one-third of the stadium can be full. So how do you count that person twice? Well, once you empty it out, then you just count them again when they come back through, I guess. I mean, maybe you're keeping a hand count. I mean, I don't know, but that's if, a tough if, one. If, if you're having to pay multiple times to get in, that's that's not going to be a good thing. I would I would agree. Yeah. Um. So. Anyway, that's that's kind of the one that I was getting – worried about because there are several people who do go just to go and to watch football sure yeah and just get go and camp out you know see it all the time i i i hope that the media doesn't have to clear the clear the stadium between games the media tent will remain but it will be limited capacity and you have to make reservations through our friend matthew gillespie reservations will be made um, but yeah, so that's interesting to me. Obviously, Thursday, December third, eleven a.m. is D two A three three p.m. is uh, D D single A, and then seven p.m. is the D two triple A state finals, and then on Friday you'll have class three A, one A, and five A, and then Saturday is four A, two A, and six A. So make a weekend of it. Go hang out in Cookville. Unless you're only going to go for one one game. I don't know. We need to um we need to figure our plans out for um I mean, I'm not sure it you know, it could be with with COVID. It, what if we don't have a team there? Will will they say you don't cover a team, we can't really give you a spot? That's a possibility. I think it's a probability. And that's that's unfortunate for, you know, media members who do cover the event as a whole.
But unfortunately, in coronavirus, it's twenty twenty. It is what it is. Yeah, it's it's. I hate that, but I mean it's it's where we it's where we stand, and I can understand it. If that were were to be the case, I could. I mean, I wouldn't be upset about it. I would just probably buy a ticket, <laughs> but have to buy three apparently every day. Right. <laughs> At least you don't have to pay to park once. There is that. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, we have a, a great second hour coming up for you. We have Teresa Walker on the other side of the 10 o'clock hour. And uh, also, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday, if you were not aware. Um, it is Wild and Wacky Wednesday. And we have some wild stories, one of them from almost a decade ago, but it made its way around Twitter yesterday. So... We have to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, of course, SEC football schedule is absolutely nuts right now. And it just got nuttier. Yeah. It's it's insane. I, like just right now. got nuttier. We'll talk about that in the second hour as well. Uh, and, of course, Greg Marshall out at Wichita State. Speaking of wild and wacky. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's interesting, all right. So, lots to talk about. Uh, again, Teresa and uh, Teresa Walker, Tennessee sports editor of the Associated Press, will join us just after 10 o'clock. Um, real quick before we go to break, I, we apologize that we were unable to get Nick Campbell's audio to uh, to you, and I'm not sure. If, if nothing else, we can get to it either later this hour or tomorrow. Uh, we will get you that because we would definitely like for you to hear it. Now, if you don't want, or if if you were weren't able, like I said, to hear him on the podium today or yesterday, you can hear him on our podcast. It is on SM T N Sports today. Yeah, he he was nice enough to sit down with us for a couple of minutes. As was um, Micah Williams, the boys' coach at Coffee County, and Shane Clark the boys coach down in Lawrence County and Shane is always a great interview we really enjoy any time we get to spend with him yeah absolutely so that that's available wherever you get your podcasts of course uh, we'll tweet it out we'll tweet that link out to you uh, at SM underscore TN sports on Twitter follow us on Facebook Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today we'll be right back after this with Teresa Walker on the other side of the break on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, The Rock Place, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Welcome 
Welcome back in once again to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bar & Joint. Three minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock here on WKOM 1017 FM. We appreciate you guys tuning in today. Right now, we're going to talk a little bit about the Tennessee Titans, some Southeastern Conference, as we bring in the other Hall of Famer, (laughs) (laughs) Associated Press, Tennessee Sports Editor, Teresa Walker joins us. Teresa, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. And just for the record, I did beat Mo in by a year, even though, but very happy and proud that we will be going in together this next July, COVID allowing. And <laughs> please get those get those vaccines working, scientists. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Um, I didn't know it was a competition, though, Teresa, but um, congratulations it again. Uh, it was. Uh, because I um, personally, I, 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 I didn't see this happening a year after you, five years after you, or otherwise. But again, um, thanks for joining us this morning at any rate. And so. Mo, just real quick, very well deserved. I mean, for what you've done covering sports in, in, in the state of Tennessee, it, it was your, your recognition was well deserved. Well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Um, so was it as simple as getting rid of Jonathan Joseph and Vic Beasley for the Titans? Well, it certainly got a faster player on the field with the trade for Desmond King. And let's face it, uh, they'd seen what they needed to see out of Vic Beasley. He had a he had a season-high 38 snaps in, in Cincinnati and couldn't make anything happen. So they went ahead and pulled the trigger, you know, swapped the sixth round next uh, April to, to get Desmond King and talk about paying off immediately. I mean, you know, uh, although, as Frable pointed out, it was somebody else, you know, it was Jeffrey Simmons who poked out that ball that Desmond King uh, returned for the touchdown that said, here's the thing, when you start firing people, which is essentially what they did, uh, that sends a message, okay? You know, it's one thing for coaches to say, come on, guys, let's work harder, let's communicate, let's do this, use this technique. But when the GM suddenly cuts three guys, including a long snapper who, you know, he played 135 games with that franchise. He was in his ninth season. You know, Bo Brinkley was climbing the ranks. Uh, you know, he was up there around, uh, you know, Keith Bullock for tenure with this franchise. And suddenly they're like, book bye uh, you know, we're, we're changing. And, and here's the thing. Steven Gaskowski has taken a lot of, you know, uh, hits for his struggles this year. Uh, I'm very curious to see moving forward how much of that might have been attributable to the long snapper mm-hmm. who was struggling. John Robinson said that he had gotten kind of sideways and it wasn't getting any better. You know, and yes, Bo, uh, Bo Brinkley had had the issues coming off the reserve COVID list, had missed a game, but, you know, he just wasn't, they weren't seeing signs that he could fix that. And, you know, Jonathan Joseph, he, poor guy, he was signed to be a veteran in the room. And unfortunately, because of the injury to a Jory Jackson, he ended up filling a much bigger spot for them. Okay. You know, he is out there starting most of his games. That's not what he was signed to do. And, you know, so part of that was, you know, you know, but unfortunately he couldn't fill that role when they needed him to. So you start letting people go. Like I said, it gets attention and they've made it very clear. You know, you don't get the job done. We'll get rid of you and find somebody else who can try. Was Bo Brinkley the longest tenured Titan 
prior to his, um, current no, time? Uh, Brett Kern. Brett okay. Kern is ahead of him. And, and guys, this is the first time Brett Kern's missed games in his career. I mean, it, you know, it's kind of amazing. He had like the fourth longest streak in the NFL of active games. I, uh, I, you think, know, they, I think Kern, yeah. Kern and one other – the Titans have had like four punters in their history, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. That's well, insane. Since they here. And, yeah. and so when you get one of them hurt, <laughs> like that's crazy to me yeah so I, well it, and, and it shows how much i mean let's face it you know it's fun to pick on alabama regularly because oh college coaches just don't value the special teams or kicker position right well the tennessee titans since they've moved here at least have made it very clear how much they value special teams that's what made last year so stunning when they ended up going through five kickers and, and had the worst percentage in, in, that we've seen in you know, decades in the NFL on kicking field goals. And so I'm very curious, you know, he, uh, Steven Gaskowski made the one field goal that he had to make the other day. Uh, he's been reunited with Ryan Allen uh, as a holder who held for him with the Patriots. You know, so there's familiarity there. They've changed the long snapper. They've got a, a second guy in to help with that. So, you know, that they're, they're trying to make the moves to fix that position. And, you know, it, I, I, I kind of think of Bo Brinkley's situation, you know, when, when a, ball player suddenly can't throw to first you know or a golfer gets the yips, the yips and huh? yep Brinkley had been so good for so long how much was he contributing to Goskowski's struggles because you know Brett Kern is so good he can cover up a lot of woes but at a certain point you, you just can't fix things so you know as you say that Goskowski has been reunited with Ryan Allen when Kern gets back do they actually keep two punters on the roster one to hold well, I think you I think you kind of have to. I mean, the Titans signed Trevor Daniels, a former ball, to the practice squad. You know, did they think, okay, we're going to try and start grooming somebody maybe for the future? Because, you know, no offense, Brett, but you're, you're starting to, you know, get up there in years of service, et cetera. Uh, and in this year of all years, we've seen just how prudent it is. I mean, let's face it, they've got two long snappers. They've got two punters. You know, uh, Trevor Simeon is the third quarterback, and he kind of – he does meetings via, you know, Zoom and iPads you know facetiming in because they're trying to keep you know that guy under emergency glass to protect in case contact tracing takes ryan Tannehill and logan woodside out so you know maybe maybe for the rest of this year they do um and maybe they just bump off trevor daniels and try to get ryan allen back on the practice squad um you know to take advantage of the expanded practice squad it's going to be interesting to see what they do when kern comes off of the ir now now this year you know you've got the three weeks that you have to be on ir and that started you know they put him on on saturday so you know they've got a couple more weeks uh, and then then they can start that three-week window return to play which is what we're all watching today of the titans you know adoree jackson his they have to make a move with him today they either have to go ahead and activate him and then maybe if he's not quite there scratch yet him. uh de- scratch him for a game or two but uh, and if not it looks like the uh, the rules this year if you've been on there once and you go back on you're, you're toast for the year so uh, we're going to have to see what they do by three o'clock today. That will be a, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's important, I think, to have him available. So if you have to burn a roster spot, you just have to burn it, right? I think so. If, if, if you want to see just how valuable a Dory Jackson can be, remember that last December they lost, uh, to the Saints and to, uh, the Texans in consecutive weeks, right? And the, the past defense was struggling. 
And but you know, you didn't have Malcolm Butler, he was on IR, so you had Vaccaro, Bayard, and Logan Ryan, and you were trying to mix and match. And then Dory Jackson is activated for the playoffs, and boom, we saw a difference in that defense. Mm -hmm. They became, you know, they became the group that whose nickname is My Man Catches No Balls. And he makes a big difference, his speed and his strength and his his versatility and, guys, his knowledge. I mean, it's kind of crazy. You know, a kid who was drafted in 2017, now he's a, a veteran uh, in that secondary group. He His speed is something that they sorely need in that secondary. So I think they're going to try to be as patient with him as possible. But, you know, didn't see him out there yesterday when I was out of practice in the rain and didn't see him hardly at all last week. So, uh, you know, maybe there's been a setback. We just don't know, and we won't know until they give us a hint later today. You know, Teresa, we're speaking with Teresa Walker with the Associated Press, covers the Tennessee Titans, among other things. Um, Teresa, you mentioned the scoop and score by Desmond King that was precipitated by um, Jeffrey Simmons' strip. What is it about that second-year guy out of Mississippi State who – always seems to be where the ball is when it comes to those type of plays. It's amazing how that kid gets his hand up batting balls uh, for picks, uh, uh, you know, or, or diving into the backfield first. He is it, – it's been fun to watch. He's the reason why the Titans traded Jarrell Casey to Denver in, in March, okay? Let's be honest, because they saw that this kid had that – he has that ability. He's a guy, if not for the torn ACL last year – you know, could have been a top 10 pick and they get him as a steal at 19. You know, anyone who's been shopping, you know, you're looking in that bargain bin. Well, that's what they found. You know, he might have had a tiny scratch on him, but boy, that thing is healed up perfectly now. And the best part of this is this kid is driven. He wants to be good. He wants to be among the best and he wants to be out there leading his teammates and, and making those kind of plays. So, you know, it's kind of the perfect combination, athleticism, drive, and ability all in one incredibly athletically gifted body. So uh, th this young man is something to watch. And, you know, he was named the AFC Defensive Player of the Week today for a, a very important and impressive performance. But, you know, he's been doing this. I mean, think about this last year. You know, he was activated in October, and one of his first games was against the Chargers, and he had an impact down there. Uh, in, in that goal line stand that helped them get a win to start turning things around last year. So, you know, he was a little quiet in the playoffs, but, you know, he's had a whole offseason to work on rehab that knee, and you know, he's not really playing with a brace anymore. And, you know, you can just see his confidence growing now that he's fully healthy. I, I for one, have been very impressed with the way that this, you know, this group has evolved from in just a few days it's amazing to me how much a a team can change just from a move here or there is that something that you know that you've seen over the years in professional football is that just something that they do because these guys are just professionals and that's how it works I'm going to give some credit to the coaching staff. I mean, yes, you know, we we talk about uh you know, coaches get gauged on are they adjusting at halftime? And if you watch the Tennessee-Arkansas mm -hmm. game the other night, you saw one staff that did adjust and you saw one staff that didn't. But, uh, you know, let's face it, the, the Titans coaching staff with Mike Rabel has shown us last year, you know, they started 2-4. and four. 
and they finished the season seven and three. Now, a big part of that was the change of quarterback, but you had to make that decision. And, you know, they did have injuries that they were having to work around and, 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 and moving guys around. And, and we've seen them, the, their ability to coach. I mean, against the Bills, you know, there were a lot of times that they were rushing three and dropping eight. And what what ended up was a couple of picks and, you know, just pretty much a dominating performance by a team that literally had had one almost practice and two walkthroughs in a two-week period dealing with the COVID outbreak. And they come out and did that. So I, I'm going to give credit to that coaching staff and the ability to, 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 to scheme for a game plan. And it can drive us nuts. You know, you asked Mike Vrabel when, when he was hired, it's like, you know, what are you going to do on offense? What are you going to do on defense? Well, front multiplicity you know, uh, changing week to week. You know, it, it felt like nailing Jello to the wall trying to get a solid answer there. But what we're seeing in effect is they'll do whatever they have to do on any given week to scheme up to attack an opponent, which makes them, one, tougher to scheme for because if you're studying what they've done and you can see him go wildcat with Derrick Henry – and, you know, guys, when he did that wildcat and he ran, well, he in, in overtime against Houston, he easily could have thrown to Ryan Tannehill for a touchdown. So, I mean, that makes them tougher to deal with, and, and I think that's part of a big part of their success. Teresa, you um, you mentioned um, – I lost my train of thought. I apologize. Um, Been there, done that. <laughs> um, the Titans on a short week have Indianapolis on Thursday night in a um, a key AFC South ball game. Um, kickoff is at 7, I believe. But I wanted to shift. I'm sorry? 7.20? 7.20. Okay. Yeah, you think I got to do the TV stuff, you know. Uh, my bad. Um, you mentioned UT. That's where it was. And we won't have to be subjected to them this weekend. That's one of four games on the SEC schedule that has been postponed for COVID issues at this point. Um and don't be surprised if Kentucky Vanderbilt joins them. I mean, you know, we know that Mark Stoops is dealing with uh, an outbreak up there that's affecting three of his staff members. You know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of watching my inbox uh, closely today for that reason as well. Um, right now, Alabama LSU is off. Texas A&M UT is off. Mississippi State Auburn is off. And we just got word here in the last half hour or so. Missouri, Georgia is off. So what we're left with at the, as of right now is Arkansas, Florida, South Carolina, Ole Miss, and as you said, Vanderbilt and Kentucky. And that one is worth keeping an eye on. Primetime Commodores maybe? That'd be cool. Would that be cool? <laughs> I, guys, I've been so busy with the Titans the last couple of days, I couldn't even tell you what uh, time that game kicks off, but I think it's 11, isn't uh, it? I'm sure it's a, a JP game. Exactly. Jefferson Pilot. And, and yeah, J- yeah, clear up that JP. Not a not a Jonathan Plant game. Yes. It's a Jefferson Pilot game. Um Breakfast with the Commodores. That's their typical <laughs> spot. But um, you know, how ironic would it be that it takes one, two, three, four games being postponed for Vanderbilt to be in prime time? Uh, Interesting, isn't it? I, I mean, you know, Derek Mason talked about this yesterday. I mean, every you're you're checking the tests and and waiting to see what your lineup's going to be, having to adjust on the fly. You know, they're testing on Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, and we saw it affect the, the Commodores against South Carolina. They had 56 players that day. Uh, they had 58 against Mississippi State, and it turns out Mississippi State was struggling just as much. You know, they're they they were having issues, and and now they're not playing this week. So I mean, it's just been you know, you don't know what you're getting from week to week. And 
you know, and as we look around the rest of the country, we see the numbers rising. We see them rising in the state of Tennessee. So it's not surprising that the SEC, you know, even though they've tried to deal with this by, you know, starting later, you know, at the end of September, you know, they're now being affected by it, you know, just as much as anybody in the country. So I don't know how how accurate this is. I, this is coming from uh, a guy, ESPN Radio in Tuscaloosa, Dr- Drew DeArmond. Uh, I trust him. He's a good friend of mine. But the surge, according to him, and he, he tweeted this yesterday, was the result of an off week where many of the schools allowed their kids to go home. Uh, and that won't happen again until the end of the season. So is that what you have you know do you have any insight on that is that what you think might be an issue here well there's reports that maybe uh, lsu players went to to halloween parties so uh you know tennessee had an open date a week ago before they went to arkansas and they were allowed to go home for a couple days or leave for two days uh you know and guess what you know the 14 day period for that will be this next sunday or saturday so you know they're not completely out of the woods either so you know that's the problem you know college football does not have a bubble the nfl doesn't have a bubble and when people go home go to their apartments uh you know have a couple of days break where maybe they just you know we're, we're seeing people say they don't know how they got it it's a pandemic pandemic people and you know young people in college it's very tempting to think you're you know yolo you know six foot tall bulletproof nothing's going to hurt me and you know unfortunately we see the results when the testing comes comes in yeah i yesterday according chrissy ford reported and tweeted yesterday that uh ed orgeron had 30 year old punter zach von rosenberg playing second team quarterback and if for nothing else i kind of want to i kind of want the alabama lsu game back on just because i need a 30 year old punter to take on that alabama defense <laughs> that would put a definite uh i'm trying to think of the word uh a crimp on that sec it just means more attitude wouldn't it? <laughs> but it would put a bow on 2020 though wouldn't it yes though? it would it would Oh man! This has been the dumpster fire, jump the shark, you name it for this year. Yeah, it, this year has certainly jumped the shark, no question. I'm I'm ready for something new. It, it's a train wreck in a dumpster fire, jumping a shark. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh man! Of course, now for the kids, we got to explain what jumping the shark means. Yeah, they because, don't have a clue. You know, but anyway, yeah, go go look up something called Fonzie and Happy Days, folks. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, Teresa Walker from the Associated Press joining us. Thanks so much for, for for coming on today. My pleasure, gentlemen. And, uh, you know, hey, stay safe. Don't go partying. Don't go jumping sharks. And don't joke, Don't go chasing dumpster fires. And this year they'll come to you. <laughs> and wear a mask. Yes. Yeah. That's Teresa Walker. I, was, I, I thought uh, JP might pull up uh, – TLC there, but he did not. <laughs> he was asleep over there. No, he he heard it. He oh, got okay. it. <laughs> he just he was like, I didn't have time to get there. I wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. <laughs> That's right. All right. It's twenty two minutes past the ten o'clock hour here on WKOM one oh one seven FM. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. When we come back, we're going to talk about a little bit more about that SEC football schedule. Uh, Greg Marshall getting fired and much more. It is also Wild and Wacky Wednesday, brought to you by JJ's Barbecue. We'll get to that in the last segment of the day. Make sure to stick around. We'll be right back.
you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 27 minutes past the hour, and as we were talking with Teresa Walker a moment ago, SEC football schedule is crazy. We've got so much going on in the world of college, pro, high school sports. It's It's been crazy. Um we might as well. I mean, we 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 have to go through this full schedule here because Southeastern football conference again they're they're testing tomorrow, so all of this could change. But as of now, we only have three games scheduled for this weekend. Yeah, again, as of now, Arkansas, Florida will play Saturday. South Carolina, Ole Miss will play, and Vanderbilt, Kentucky will play. As of now, um, definites for not playing Alabama, LSU, uh, Texas A&M, UT, Mississippi State, Auburn, and Missouri, Georgia will not play because of COVID issues. Um, want to interrupt this SEC football segment for just a second, though, because we have visual confirmation. Yeah. Speaking of the Southeastern Conference. Columbia Academy outfielder, first baseman, pitcher, Kavaris Tears, is of all. Officially. Officially signed his um, letter of intent with the University of Tennessee here within the last half hour during a um, signing ceremony over at CA. So um, congratulations to that young man. Um, scheduled to sign later today, CA pitcher, first baseman, Journey Mitchell, We'll sign with Carson Newman. So, again, congrats to both of them. And um, Kavaris sporting his orange. So, back to football. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, if we're going to mention that real quick, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. That's it for today anyway. Today. we got a lot of signings. Today is is this, the beginning of the Today is period. the first day of the NCAA um, fall signing period. So, um you know, basketball, everything but football can sign today, I think. So crazy. It's crazy that we're that close. <sighs> I'm I, I mean, I'm excited, but um especially for baseball and softball because it's, you know, since we didn't get it last year. Yeah, we didn't get any of it last year, so I'm ready for that. Now, from what I understand, um no matter like 
CBS can't pick up another game. So, unfortunately, the Masters coverage will be all they have this this weekend. Um, that they pushed back because of football. I think it's up. Oh, they pushed no, they football, push football back, back to because the five of the o'clock. Masters. Yeah, that's it. And that being said, they won't get a game uh, this week because ESPN obviously doesn't have to give one up. So, and if they don't have to, they're not. They're going not going to. to. Yeah, right. So, one of the games. I mean, the the game that I'm most excited about is Arkansas Florida. I mean, I think that's going to be a, a, a really interesting ball game. That game's at Gainesville, right? It's in Gainesville. So that's the return of Felipe Franks the to return. the Swamp. Not to be confused with return of the Max. See, you missed another one. Or return of uh, the the return. Hashtag the return on Twitter is uh, UAB football. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, okay. Of course, that was five years ago. But anyway. Um only three games in the SEC kind of makes this weekend blah. It, it right? really does make it blah. I mean, even with you know whoever else is playing from whatever other conference, I mean, we we've, we've just become so SEC centric, um, SEC egotistical, SEC snobs that you know a three game conference schedule really does kind of leave you a little. Ugh. I mean, and I don't see anything that's that just jumps out at me that I'm like, man, I got to make sure I watch that. It's you know, top twenty five stuff is Miami and Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech just lost to Liberty. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is the bloom me. off of Justin Fuente. Yeah, see, and that that kind of surprises me because I thought Fuente was a really good hire. Uh, really, really thought the dude was a. a you, you really felt like he was going to be the next big thing coming out of Memphis. And there were a lot of other people who felt the same way about him. And he's not been anything special at Virginia Tech. And I don't. maybe it's Virginia Tech. But is it? I mean, it, obviously they weren't ever great. I mean, they went to – outside of Michael Vick era, they weren't great. But they were consistently good. Right. They weren't really great, but they were. So. They, but they, it, they they seem like they were better than they are right now, though. Yeah, they were. I mean, obviously, they're they're bad right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're very bad. Heck, Hugh Freeze <laughs> went down there. And, and, and I think someone said that. They hoped Hugh Freeze took a look around Blacksburg to see where he was going to be living the next couple of years. Uh. You know what, though? I, <laughs> I think Hugh Freeze owes Liberty too great a, a debt to, to leave this quick. I mean, they took a chance on him when he was, he was damaged goods. And I think he even said as much in a Sports Illustrated article here in the last 10 days or so. I don't think you're going to see him move this year. No, Even no. if he has the opportunity to. Now, another redemption story that was in Sports Illustrated here over the last couple of weeks, Steve Sarkeesian could be in play somewhere for the next year. You know, he he was part of the uh, Nick Saban coaching rehab program. <laughs> he, along with Lane Kiffin. and Seems to have worked for everybody but Butch Jones. Well, Butch hadn't got out yet. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. Because he, why should he? Tennessee's paying him to be an analyst at Alabama. Are they still paying yes. him? Yes. Oh, God. This is why Jeremy Pruitt can't be fired, because we're still paying Butch Jones. Well, and Jeremy Pruitt can't be fired because you just extended him a month ago. <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying. Yeah. That was stupid. Uh, at the time, maybe not. At the time, they were 2-0 and and they had beaten who? No, they they extended him before the 2-0. and Did they extend him before the season? Yeah. Why? Great question. Because we beat Indiana in the Gator Bowl, duh. Oh, okay. My bad. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of redemption stories and coaching. <laughs> or, or lack thereof. Well, he's going to need a redemption story. I don't Oof. think I don't think Greg Marshall, however, can uh, can can go to Nick Saban and ask for I, I don't. I don't think Greg Marshall qualifies for the Nick Saban rehab program. And I don't know that that rehab program exists in basketball. But uh, Greg Marshall's going to need one. He's definitely going to need one. I uh, apparently um he was no termination for alleged good cause will occur without first giving him a written notice of the good cause actions. Um apparently he verbally and physically abused players is that and has a long history of doing so both at wichita state and in previous stops gotcha yeah i think the um the athletic did um quite the expose on his previous and less or more recent coaching history um apparently Seven players from the Wichita State 2015-2016 team have independently confirmed that Marshall hit one player and choked a former and, assistant. And yeah, so, yeah, I, I, it's odd to me how it takes this long for something like this to really come to light, but. Again, the the athletic I think was kind of first with the um, expose, and other folks have followed up on it and delved a little deeper into it. And his dismissal is pretty imminent, um, according to the Wichita Eagle. Greg Marshall and Wichita State are expected to part ways by the end of this week. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm seeing, you know. different different places saying you know could be as soon as today Mm -hmm. so greg marshall no longer going to be the coach at wichita state and you know we talk about when you think about coaches like this bobby knight comes to mind um but you know it's a different world this is not the early 80s and you know coaching is a lot different now also, winning when you're Bobby Knight was curing a lot of woes. Certainly. Uh, clearly, it cured some woes here. I, I find it hard to believe that nobody knew that this happened in 2015, although you know, two years removed from a Final Four. I, I feel like maybe they were like, well, we just kind of we got to go with it because he's our guy. I don't think it's even a, a case of nobody knew. I just think it's once it becomes public like this, the PR of it, 
the the optics become such that people suddenly decide that they can't deal with it, but they're not going to be proactive about it. It's like if you know but nobody else knows, it's okay. But once everybody knows and they start looking at you a certain way, then, okay, this is doing more harm than good at this point. And I think that's kind of where it had gotten to with with Greg Marshall. Yeah, you know, PR is such a important part of being able to recruit people to not just your athletic programs, but your school in general. And nobody wants to be associated with something like that. Typically. I mean, when you're – winning doesn't cure everything. That's just – but, hey. But it cures a lot of things. I mean, one of of my – and I'll have to tweak this a little bit, but one of my – thoughts as far as coaches and athletics is you know you can lose games and you can be a less than nice guy but you can't do both exactly and you know Greg uh, Marshall hasn't lost a lot of games but he's clearly you know crossed the threshold when it comes to being a less than nice guy with with the people who are most important to him you know his players and his staff there you go so Speaking of PR and bad PR, the Texans mm. fired VP of Communications Amy Palkic, Palkic, uh, Palkic, telling her she was no longer, quote, a cultural fit, Adam Schefter says sources have told him. She was the first and only woman to have full PR responsibilities for an NFL team, winner of the 2017 Roselle Award for Best PR Staff, and she's not a cultural fit for the Texans. Now, this is the same organization that, uh, and this is, I actually believe this because she's good at her job, so she so obviously she's not a doesn't cultural fit, fit <laughs> the cultural, the culture the here Texans. At, at the Texans because this is the same, you know, team that traded away DeAndre Hopkins. So, <laughs> you know, that just, oh man, I, I, I don't even know what to say. The Texans are kind of wandering in the wilderness all of a sudden, here. and they're going to need somebody to uh, to fix that PR nightmare they just ha- they just that, that they that they just created. Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, and you know who's not going to be there to fix it? Amy Palkich, because <laughs> she will be somewhere much better yeah. than where she was. Well, or even if she's not somewhere, she's still going to be better off than where she was, which happens often, actually. Okay. So, Sometimes a firing isn't necessarily a bad thing. I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. I, you and I know that firsthand. But when – I mean, this is this is like Washington Redskins level bad. <laughs> when you're talking about a culture that you've built in the NFL. And I guess my question is, in this particular situation – you have to almost do something. I mean, you have to proactively do something bad, you would think, for someone to be motivated to fire you in the middle of a season. I mean, where you got duties going on that are important to the day-to-day operations of the franchise, and you're going to fire your VP of communications in midseason. That's bizarre. I mean, if... 
if there's a reason, okay. If there was something she did, in, what, who put that release up? Nobody. It's 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 a per sources from Schefter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, good point. That It'll being be. said, well, who will put that release out? I wonder since she's the nobody, VP of communication. So they're just gonna and who cares because it's a communications VP, right? I mean, like that's that's not something you would release. Um, we are what what's today? Today is the, Wednesday, the eleventh. It's Veterans Day. Mm. Um, we are eight days away from our latest or most recent presidential election. <laughs> My guess is that the cultural difference was probably a political difference. And that's uh, firing a woman for something like that, mm. even in an at-will state, probably not going to be good when it uh when it gets to uh, other matters, legal or otherwise. Mm. Anyway, not a good look for the Texans. No. PR, if not a good look for Wichita State, not a good look for Greg Marshall, not a good look for the Houston Texans. Lots of bad looks today. It's about the optics. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there you go. 17 minutes to the top of the hour. It is Wild and Wacky Wednesday, and that was as wild and wacky. Both of those stories were as wild and wacky as it gets. But we've got more for you on the other side of a break. We've, we're going to talk about a interesting divorce, <laughs> to say the least, on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay with us. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. 14 minutes to the top of the hour here on Wednesday, November 11th. As I mentioned on the other side of that break, it is Veterans Day. And I want to acknowledge all of the veterans who may be listening to the program. I believe yesterday was the Marine Corps' birthday, number 265. Uh, So... Happy birthday to the Marine Corps Day late. Uh, But also Veterans Day and all of you veterans out there, thank you so much for your service and what you have done to protect our way of life here in the United States. That being said, I got a bone to pick with some folks, and it's not the veterans. (laughs) 
the last Monday in May, JP, is known as what? Last Monday in May is known as Memorial Day. That's correct. Mm-hmm. So and what's the purpose? No- to uh, remember those that have fallen in service of our country, correct? Okay. All right. Today Memorialize is, those. Correct. Yes. Today is Veterans Day. Correct. Where we... Honor veterans, correct. those that have served and are serving. That's well, correct. Technically, those that have served, but extending that to active service men and women. So why... Perfect. Why... Are these are restaurants having fallen soldier tables today? Why are there American flags st- sitting on top of crosses honoring fallen soldiers today? This is not what today is about. Today is about living veterans, and we have a we have a whole holiday for those who have fallen, and they should definitely be memorialized. But we already do that. So today is for the living. And if you are out there and you have done one of those two things, stop it. That is trash can juice. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> stop using Veterans Day as Memorial Day. There already day. is a Memorial Day. I was with him when the visual actually created this trash can juice rant. And so I, I knew what to expect as as soon as trash can juice showed up on the um, run of show this morning. So, yeah, yeah, I think there there's definitely uh, some lack of true understanding of our national holidays on many levels and many holidays. Hmm. And and this is a prime example. I and and especially our patriotic holidays, they do kind of get all kind of jumbled into Mm -hmm. one sort of thing. And while you're honoring those on whichever holiday you do it, the the principle of it is, or, or the, how can I say this properly? It's, you know, it's never a bad idea to honor those that have served the country in any capacity. However, uh, understand the true meaning of the holiday and what it is for. And there are reasons that, you know, we have a Mother's Day and we have a Father's Day. You don't honor fathers on Mother's Day and you don't honor mothers on Father's Day. So to your point of just understanding what the holidays are for. But what about those that do both? Yeah, the single parents. See, yep. that, there should be a single parent holiday. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe they get double. I don't know. Maybe that was... Maybe that was a bad example. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily. Not, no, I don't necessarily it, think it was a bad example. I just think that um, sometimes people want to double dip, and maybe they should just be content with the, the holiday one. they get. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. your holiday. That's yours. And and we love single parents. Yeah. And but we let, love us, our- let us love you on whichever holiday is already yours we love and appreciate those who gave their life for this country but they already have a holiday let's 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 let let us honor you on that day yes well and and to those that are that are here and you know the living veterans as you mentioned you know that's what today is for and you know you will see parades today uh probably starting in about eight minutes 
Unfortunately, uh, is the Birmingham parade because it is the the nation's oldest Veterans Day parade in Birmingham, Alabama. I hmm. don't know if it's happening. I know today Lawrenceburg is still having theirs. Nashville today. is not. Nashville's not. Um, so I'm curious if the bigger cities probably aren't. Yeah, there, there are ways. Uh, if you see a veteran today, though, thank them in yes. person, and and that is, uh, you know, you see the the VFW post all across uh, this country, and all, of course, all across the state. So. Um, you know, if if you see somebody like that that you know has served, it's uh, in any capacity. Yes, absolutely. All right, we have a seven minutes left for Wild and Wacky Wednesday. It is brought to you each week by JJ's Barbecue, our friends over on Hatcher Lane. Make sure that you tell them that uh, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports and the Chicken Man sent you. Of course, uh, JJ's Barbecue, the Columbia's oldest family-owned barbecue joint in Columbia. As you hear a little Ram Jam music, that is because, well, let's just let's just let them tell us the name of the new drug. the the the, the name of Eli Lilly's COVID nineteen antibody drug is <laughs> Bamlanivimab. Bamlanivimab. Ben Lambert of Mab, I don't can't even say it. Anyway, so listen. Did you do it on pitch? That's well done. <laughs> Congratulations to David Lee Roth for winning Eli Lilly's Name Our COVID 19 Drug Contest. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that's that's got to be the most interesting name of a uh, of a drug. In a while, right? Pronounce that for me again. Bam Lamanavimab. Bam Lanavimab. Bam Lanavimab. Bam Lanavimab. Anyway. You went out of your way to create that name. I mean. <laughs> and it's so close to a palindrome. Like, there's. Why don't you just go all the way? That's interesting. Anyway. Yeah. That's a weird one. Um. It's wacky. It's just whatever it is. Um, yesterday, Mo sent me a, uh, a tweet <laughs> that apparently this happened in 2011, but fa- at fact, at fact on Twitter, shared this yesterday, and it made its rounds 940 retweets, 1,700 or, or so quote tweets, um, a 99-year-old man divorced his 96-year-old wife after having been married for 77 years because he discovered an affair she had in the 1940s. Whoa. At what point does the statute of limitations mm-hmm. run out on clearly not unfaithful in the matters of the heart? Never. Apparently. <laughs> wow. I mean, y'all, that's. As I told Mo, that is a level of petty to which I aspire. I, because I, I am a, I'm a petty patty anyway, and that's why we get along so well. It is, <laughs> and I'm telling y'all, that may be the most, the pettiest thing that I have ever heard. I don't know if I'm 99 years old, and I'm fortunate enough to have someone still with me at that mm. point I don't think I'm ending that one sorry you know some bullets you just gotta bite 
I mean, who's the Especially real winner? Especially one from 77 years uh-huh. ago. Yeah. Who's the real winner here? The guy who got the divorce or the woman who hid an affair for 77 years? How did he find out? Do we know? That's a great question. We do not uh, know. Uh, yeah, we do. Apparently, oh. she had love letters, gonna say letters in a yeah. trunk. Gets you every time. And and he, for some reason or another, after 77 years, decided to open that trunk. trunk. What's in this trunk? Yeah. You don't know, and you don't want to know. Right. You know, And for 77 years, he didn't know. Yeah. Until and wasn't life better? Yeah. All I'm saying hey, is... Curiosity killed the cat and the marriage, apparently. So. All I'm saying is that if she cheats, she belongs to the streets. <laughs> I don't care how old you are. Or how long ago she cheated. <laughs> Man. Oh, anyway, last last one. Um, there's nothing real. I, I'm just curious if, if you guys believe in um, UFOs. You know, personally, I think I've heard too many people say they've seen them to not believe. I mean, just because I've not seen it doesn't make it unbelievable, I guess. The former manager of the DOD's aerospace threat program says they're real. That's good enough for me. Hmm. (laughs) I'm just saying. Yeah. That's that. That's where we are. UFOs are real, apparently, according to a guy who's a former manager of DoD Aerospace Threat Program. That being said, if you're the, I mean, if you're the current manager, it's like job security. Oh yeah, they're definitely real. We definitely <laughs> see them all the time. Mm-hmm. Need <laughs> but more money the, to combat that. But if you're the former manager, what do you have to lose to say? <laughs> That they're real. Maybe his buddy is the uh, current manager. He didn't want him to get fired. Or- so what is the DOD doing about UFOs? I mean, are we shooting them down? What what are, what are we doing when we see these yeah. as the DOD? Uh, honestly, I think they're just trying to uh, figure out how to how to keep them from coming here and uh, destroying things. But hey, I don't know. It's interesting to think about in twenty twenty. It is definitely but, interesting to think but, about because that that's the next thing. <laughs> UFOs and aliens are next. That's the only thing left on the bingo what, card. What else? It's the only thing left on the bingo yeah, card. We've got less than two months left in the year. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, what's the worst that can happen? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> Knock on wood. Oh, man. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Thanks to Teresa Walker for joining us today. Spring Hill head coach Paul Lamb. Uh, it is Wednesday, November 11th. We'll see you tomorrow. We will talk about two local high school football games, and we will get deep into them tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. We appreciate your time. You guys have a fantastic day, and stay cool, Columbia.